you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The future is coming. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website, showcase your work, blog or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers like Mark Sessler. It's a side gig. Future of, uh, of humanity websites. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head to Squarespace. You could take your headset off, Mark. You're done. You, do, okay. you, you <laughs> nicely offered some, some real color to this. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code AROUND to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, baby. The Around the NFL podcast. Can't wait for the Enya World Tour. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. These mics are terrible. How how many billions? How many billions? Fourteen. Fourteen billion. It's up to fourteen, I believe. Okay. Well, not excess. You wouldn't know it in Studio 7, as they call it. Dan Hans is here, joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I'm in a bad mood now. Now I'm in a foul mood. I think it's like Studio $700, which is about how much money they pumped into this room. (laughs) Wow. I mean, let's let's open the kimono. It's a closet. Well, and, you know, this is a day where... You know, I guess people should not have any, any, any sort of so- sorriness for us to be doing what is a fun show to do as part of our job. But it is a Roger Goodell mandated holiday for the efforts put into the season in the Super Bowl week, uh, which, by the way, we were part of those efforts. But we are here. <laughs> and who's not here? I just waltzed in a little bit before the show and the Shadow League figures up on the third floor. Are they getting ahead? Are they looking into the offseason? How can we make this a better product? How can we work harder for people? It is a ghost town up there. Outside of one poor admin yeah. manning the front door, it looks like an Al-Qaeda strike up there. You almost got knocked over by tumbleweeds rolling through. Unbelievable. Yeah, so Rod gave the company the day off. Uh, but if you're on the first floor, rise and grind, baby. And that's where we're here. Greg? Greg's like, I like my job. No, I, I like to write on the website. I feel like I have a nice niche. They put me on TV. I, I would sometimes. rather I would rather drive into the ocean than have the jobs that any of these people on the third floor or most well, of New York had. Seriously. I told I would I would move. I don't know what I would do. When I was growing up, I used to tell my mom. So I'll take it. I used to tell my mom Mr. Gratitude over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't want to wear a wear a tie for a living. I didn't want to be sitting in a cubicle. Uh, and I seem to have avoided that so far in my career, so I'm not going to complain anymore. But this, well, this, these mics. I'll do terrible. the complaining for all of us. I, I love the job too, but I just find it. I also say, how about third floor? You love your job. How about you show a little passion, get in here, and do some work. You grew up wanting to be beholden to no one, and that's where we are. We're not even sponsored anymore, Pod. That's good. All right. 
Welcome to the show. Really in a good place. Pre-show grade D+. Plus. <laughs> lot, uh, lot to get to today. Oh, uh, I am excited about this. We've been teasing it uh, for weeks. The top five calls of 2017. We whittled it down from dozens, literally dozens, to a final five that are the top five calls of the year. All five Zolak. Zolak <laughs> probably going to be involved. You'd be surprised if he wasn't. Uh, but I cannot confirm anything until we get to the seg. Also, franchise tag time coming up. Things keep rolling. And, uh, Greg, you wrote a banger. This is Rosenthal's time of year. You know what? I feel like you might as well call Greg the clicks hunter. Crikey. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is when Greg rolls out all his annual columns, one after the other, and it's like click, 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 click. And Greg's flying because he knows that bonus money is going to go full. <laughs> I wish bonus money was uh, attached to Clint. I said, is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? What was that, Greg? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great drop. Um, so we're going to go through prominent names. You know, we have uh, free agency coming up. Uh, these guys are technically slated to become free agents, but some guys are not going to go near the market. So we'll go over who's definitely going to get tagged, who may get tagged, who shouldn't get tagged, right? Sure. A little fun. And a little Drew Brees bonus category. (laughs) (laughs) Although the people are not allowed to be tagged, yeah. Uh, So we'll get to that. But before any of that, uh, let's do some news. Oh, yeah. Take it away, Lynch. Speaking of free agency, we have another quarterback entering the fray. He is a man incongruent. His tattoo situation to his facial situation, A.J. McCarron. Hmm. It's a fair assessment. He he won a grievance against the Cincinnati Bengals, who had tried to uh, keep an extra year of control uh, over McCarron, uh, connected to his rookie season and being on an NFI list. Listen, you could dive in if you want and know the details behind it, but at the end of the day, McCarron lawyered up or agented it up and went against the Bengals and won. So instead of being a potential restricted free agent, which would have meant the, that Cincinnati had uh, a, an opportunity to keep him, even if he didn't want to stay in Cincinnati, now he'll be an unrestricted free agent. It's party time for McCarron. And uh, we'll start with you on this one, Mark, because I know – uh, everyone in the football world immediately connected McCarron to the Browns because the Browns had that failed trade uh, where they kind of sabotaged themselves a few months back to get McCarron. Uh, when you heard about him becoming a UFA, get nervous at all? What did, what did you feel about it? Because it does potentially complicate the Browns quarterback situation. I hope it doesn't complicate it too much. I mean, they're in better position to get the quarterback they want than they have been since they drafted Tim Couch number one overall. I mean, you've got the first and fourth pick. You can choose the college quarterback of your choice with no issues this time when they had the number two pick and traded out. And if you're, you also can make a serious run at Kirk Cousins, along with other teams. I don't think they're the most attractive teams in the mind of Kirk Cousins, Cleveland, but A.J. McCarron to me would not be the target. I think it was when it was a Hugh Jackson-driven uh, transaction that, you know, I, I don't know, about care what anyone says, maybe Sashi Brown egg on his face, saved them from tr- making that trade, which would have been ridiculous. It was, what, a second and a third for A.J. McCarron? I really think it was Hugh Jackson just I mean, trying that's to a, get... that's a conspiracy theory that he intentionally screwed it up to botch the I think trade. they botched it, but I yeah. don't think that Sashi Brown was like, wow, I really want this quarterback. This is what the plan was all along, right. to ship these two picks for a guy that really, I think, is someone that if they ever got him at a low price, he's a bridge guy to a guy they must draft number one or number four. Right. Low price, not Mike Glennon. What he got paid right. last year. This is a quarterback. When last we saw him, Hugh Jackson had his highest Q rating ever. Everybody was calling him an offensive genius. He had Andy Dalton in the MVP discussion. They had a great offensive line, great running game, great wide receiver core. And in McCarron's last two starts, season finale against the Ravens, failed to convert a single third down in the entire game, and then went three quarters in the playoff game against the Steelers without scoring a single point. 
again, small sample size, but that would bother me if I was counting on him as a starter. A tiny sample size. I mean, he's started four games, so this is not a guy to get excited about. And you're right, I wouldn't want to pay him huge money. He, to me, if you're a Browns fan, he would be fine as the as the veteran. You need to have a veteran. You're not just going to have Deshaun Kaiser and a rookie. So I don't know how the free agency market's going to play out for them. But if it turns out that McCarron has kind of that in-between... He gets Nick Foles money. Good backup, or even a little... I think he'll get more than Nick Foles got last year. Between a backup and a starter type of money, but it's not a long-term commitment, and he's kind of the veteran you have with the rookie. I, I'm fine the, with that. The Browns I don't know. Ha- the Browns have so much money that they could give McCarron like a Mike Lennon-type deal. Mike Lennon got paid $15 million for nothing yesterday, last year. And then still draft the quarterback... Well, and, no, they already did that with Osweiler. Right, but they, they can they can do that and still be okay and be like, oh, we have a bridge guy in McCarron that we love, and we have Sam Darnold, for instance, a guy that's maybe a little raw but obviously has a ton of promise. However, and tell me if, if you disagree, Mark, as a Browns fan, don't even put me near any of that because I don't want anybody in the building to be like, we actually really like AJ. Maybe he'll go in a different direction in the draft. Don't overcomplicate it. I uh, yeah. If you're gonna Stay if away. you're gonna make any run in free agency, it better be for Kirk Cousins because then I love that move because you would be able to that use the good. draft, the first and fourth pick on other players around him. That I can buy into. I don't want to hear anything about AJ McCarron made the the earth gr- shake for Hugh Jackson, <laughs> and we're gonna hand him the start. Don't complicate it. If he knows he's a bridge quarterback at an affordable price, he works for a couple teams. It shouldn't be anything more than that. Right he, he, he might get paid quite a bit of money. I, what other team do you think would see him as a starter, though? It, it's hard to guess how teams see these quarterbacks, but I know there are people out there, Bucky Brooks. I mean, there are different people who follow the league that thinks he has potential. There and, were, there were people who Bucky and DJ interviewed last year, executives who rated him higher than Garoppolo. He's sneaky old, though. I mean, he's older than Cam Newton. So you're not getting – not that he's old at all. I mean, he's he should 27? be – he's entering his prime. I think he's 29, 28, 29. He entered the league late. Uh, maybe he's 28. I thought it was uh, 27, but we he, He's not a guy, though – Stand by, people. <laughs> yeah, we don't need Perfect to get Karen's it. Karen's my bad. He, yeah, he's turning 28 this year. Um, he He's not a guy I don't – I don't think a lot of – people that haven't seen him up close are going to pay like $15 million a year, but you never know. Um, before we move on, right around the time this news broke, a tweet from Mark Sessler. Would you mind if I read it, Mark? And then you could oh, sure. <laughs> connect the dots for us, perhaps? Uh, yeah. Uh, it seemed like there was some subtweeting going on. Uh, what will happen to sports writers, so-called sports writers, snark vendors, anxiously Caucasian witcrackers, and hobby horse semi-wordsmiths when the Browns achieve even vague competency, it is it is not a subtweet because when everything every time anything happens related to the Browns, my mentions are ninety nine percent snark and crap coming at me from all corners of the globe, yeah. and I am not I do not own the Browns, nor do I coach them, nor am I operating in their front office. I am someone that is for some reason as a twelve year old picked them as my team and refused to jump ship. I don't need to hear about it every time any team does anything linked to Cleveland. Counterpoint, you have sports writers and so-called sports writers well, leading the way. Who's you know, going because I think Twitter, mentions? you know what it is? I, I hit a point over the yeah. last 48 hours where I'm kind of <laughs> done with Twitter, and it is a cesspool half the time of sports writers, and I know Wes agrees with me, just attempting to get their little humor out there and <laughs> generate giggles, and I get a little tired of it. I loved your tweet. It's Sessler season. It was, it was a great tweet. And then on, on the other hand... Uh, it's like, yeah, win a game, Browns. And then, no, then I, you won't get made fun of as much. I, I mean, they, are, I, they have the worst, to change the worst it. team in NFL They have to change it. I, I said this at this time last year. There's, we're, as That's far just, as the podcast evolving, we don't need Mark being pissed about the Browns all the time anymore. The, it would actually change the podcast in a fundamentally good way if the Browns were a different type of team. Come on, Browns. Get it done. Moving on. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski is done in Oakland. Uh, the 2000, the year 2000, in the year 2000, Seabass <laughs> was drafted with the 18th overall pick uh, by the Oakland Raiders, and uh, Al Davis, Al Davis died like 11 years into Seabass's career. It kept chugging along, but now it is over. Uh, uh, Janikowski, uh, it was announced the team will, will not uh, move forward with him. They were happy, obviously. With the rookie, the kid, what's the kid's name? Giorgio Tavecchio. 
who had a pretty good season last year. Not not great, 16-21, but he had some moments, especially early on. So they're going to move on from Janikowski. Uh, one of the great uh, runs in terms of endurance, in terms of like uh, franchise. Uh, was it, Greg? I'm going to ask a question. Was it a good pick? Of course. I mean, that was a great – I would say it's a great pick. And that, that, was, that came at a time when every draft – Probably the highlight was the moment right after the Raiders made their pick and everyone was just like, what? Who? Right. Great. Like it was yeah. always the Raider. Like what? Darius Hayward Bay. Or sometimes it'd be, you know, it'd always be off the map. And Seabass. That's as far as off the map you can get taking C- a kicker in the first. Seabass was certainly one of those. And that was, that's one of the best. A lot of those first round Al Davis picks, especially in the 2000s after Seabass, did not work out. Uh, but he's one of the best kickers of his generation. Well, and Al Davis, highest paid kicker I think in NFL history. Right, Al Davis um, overruled, from what I read, John Gruden in that draft. John Gruden wanted Sylvester Morris, who played well, one season go. as a wide Sly receiver, Morris. and he wanted, but he also wanted Sean Alexander, the Seahawks running back, who was, who is I think forgotten by who history, a, a wonderful player, what an MVP. But now you got Gruden back in the building. Maybe he said. Forget you, Al Davis. I'm getting this guy out of here. But in the fifth the round Al of Davis that draft, it's crazy oh, that he, he made it from one Gruden era from one to the Gruden, other. Yeah, and in the fifth round of that draft, the only other player besides Seabass and Tom Brady that's still active from that 2000 draft was Al Davis's fifth round pick, punter Sean Leckler. So Al Davis in one draft picked two, two of the only players still around since 2000. Well, two of the great kickers, probably the two best kickers maybe of this century are free agents this offseason, Seabass and Adam Vinatieri. Did you got really? I didn't know Adam was free agent. Interesting. Did you guys re- know that Tom Brady was the 199th pick <laughs> of the 2000 draft? Oh, good luck, Seabass. I bet he gets a job. I would like to beseech producers of television shows. Just because something has a little sliver of the zeitgeist doesn't mean you need to make it a topic. Like, is Sebastian Janikowski a Hall of Famer? Does not need to be a topic. He's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that was he, like, give me David Aker's career over Sebastian Janikowski. Let's <laughs> calm down on. It's also like rough C-Bear. times out there on February fifteenth. Yeah, it's dictated by the news cycle. But that's uh, still bad. On the zeitgeist. But I'm with you. That uh, come on, everybody, calm down. Nice. Group. And to the Raiders' credit, you or have maybe no chance, or maybe because they had no choice. People forget this now. You people forget this. But Janikowski was kind of a nightmare early in his career. Yes. Yeah. But they yeah. saw it through, and 18 years later, it comes to an end. Moving on, speaking of John Gruden, he, uh, he liked Marshawn Lynch and Michael Crabtree uh, to return. Or at least he could see it happening. Chris Wessling, uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, finished strongly last year. Crabtree, I don't know, maybe not as much. Do you think both these guys are back? I could see Lynch returning. He's always a wild card. As you said, one of the things I discovered in writing this article was average 5.2 yards per carry down the stretch and only finished 10 yards off the league lead over, over the final five weeks of the season in rushing. So he, he appears to have plenty left in the tank. Crabtree, there was a report from the Las Vegas Review uh, in December that the team's ready to move on from him. And one thing we know about John Gruden is just because he says something about personnel doesn't make it true. Mm. When we were at Roto World back in the day, we used to call him Johnny Sunshine because everything was rainbows <laughs> and unicorns, and then he'd cut a guy, you know, a week later. Right, and Lynch, he was, even more than Crabtree, he was noncommittal about when they said, will he be on the team? I, I kind of think Crabtree would have a better chance. I don't know why. I just think that he would he would look at that, look at the passing game and think, I can I can make this guy a little bit better. I, he I did say about Lynch, Lynch, he's our running back. Yeah, and then they said, "Will he be on the We're team?" Counting and he on said, him. "I don't know." Well, I think I, that's, I think that's more like he's Marshawn Lynch. Nobody knows what he's going to do. This Q and A, by the way, my favorite nugget was at the very end when they talk. A, he is steamed. Gruden is super steamed about the CBA rules where he can't meet with players, as if he didn't know this was had right. been in place for years. But he acknowledged at the end that he drives to work at two or three in the morning, and part of the reason is he can't deal with traffic because he said he's an absolutely terrible driver, which made me. I've been a little chilly on Gruden in this whole this, the hype on this. I like that he can't drive as a fellow bad driver, as a terrible driver. I yeah. think it's kind of cool that John Gruden is. I think he would never admit that, but I've I've known Mark um, very well for eight years almost, and I've been in the car where he was the driver once, and it was like <laughs> a drive from one part of Culver City to a, a local tavern. It was like four city. No, it was to pick up your car. You're like <laughs> right. no one admits that they're a bad driver. I, feel I like. do. So it's like every. So did it's, Geico. It's like Damashek's theory. No one. Everyone thinks they have a good sense of humor. No one ever says they're a bad driver. So I commend you. Haven't Mark you? Kessler. 
What? I thought you've admitted it too. That I'm a bad yeah, driver. Yeah. Oh no. I thought you were a good driver. Greg Great. took a curb and lost a, a hubcap. You know, I get a little over aggressive, maybe. But <laughs> come on, driving the mean streets of uh, New York, give me a break. And I just, um, you were driving in Manhattan. I kept my car for a couple of years. What are you a Seinfeld character? <laughs> That's massive. <laughs> I spent, I spent my most of my life dealing with parking because I didn't have a, my own parking spot. Couldn't afford that. No, so uh, you would have to like mo- double park on the other uh, side of the street and you're watching it from your window and then you're going back and coming back. Mm. Yeah, this is in terrible. My Upper West Side days, you would have to do that twice a week and it was a whole like ballet where everyone would move, everyone would wait, then everyone terrible. would parallel park at the exact same time. It was kind of beautiful to watch from above, but a real terror. To deal with. I would blow up my car and then you know, in the middle of the night and take the insurance because it sounds un- there's it's a great public transport transit scenario there. Why are you driving? That's a crime with uh, <laughs> with uh, the job security of both Michael Crabtree and Akib Talib in doubt. I don't know if we're going to get any more of those showdowns where chains are getting snatched. I love this chain snatching. Could be over. That's what I get excited about. Might be over. It's a shame. So, oh, let's get back to football, Dan. <laughs> get over yourselves. <laughs> Hoppy horses. Larry Fitzgerald, he's going back to football. He's not ready to quit yet. The 11-time Pro Bowler told Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes, not the same as Bruce Arians. Good luck to you, Steve, but it doesn't feel right, uh, that he will return uh, for his 15th season. He's 34 years old. He just won a big golf tournament. But <laughs> guess what? He's coming back. Wilkes confirmed it on a radio show in Arizona, uh, the Doug and Wolf show. Oh, do you think they have one of those? It's Doug and the Wolf. Oh, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, this might be not you know, the second time old Wolf. I believe that's well, Bob Wolfley, Doug Wolfley, who's, who Doug does Wolf. our top calls every year, right? Not Wolf. Well, Ron Wolfley is that who you're talking. Well, don't you think that's the Wolf in Arizona? How many Wolves are that there? That would make sense. It's a lot of Wolves. Wolf's I, everywhere. I'm Colleen just, Wolf. I'm just saying, it's his, it's the Cardinals show. I think, uh, I think you're, you might be on. You're probably right. He might you're, be back in this show. That's nice all I'm deduction. Saying. Uh, he might be. Um, anyway, so Fitzgerald's back. Uh, Wes, I'll throw a theory out there. Okay. And I talked my my buddy Jay Zumwalt's a big Cardinals fan. We were texting about this. Larry Fitzgerald is not any player. He is one of the favorite sons of Arizona. The probably the most important player in Cardinals history. He agrees to come back for a 15th year. It makes me think that the Cardinals, even more than they typically would be, might be a big-time player for whether it's Kirk Cousins or another veteran quarterback because they're not going to leave Larry dying on the vine in year 15. This is not going to be some rebuild with a second-round pick quarterback. Your thoughts? Quarterbacks aside, try naming a more important face of the franchise than Larry Fitzgerald in NFL history. Also, one of the highest-paid players in NFL history outside of quarterbacks. I agree with that theory, and I don't even think it's a theory. Their head coach and their general manager have each come out and said, we will be aggressive in going out and getting a quarterback this year. So, to me, that says it all. Sometimes that's lip service, though, and they they have other plans. I just – I mean, nobody's attaching cousins to the Cardinals, and I get why there are other places that make more sense. But especially, Greg, under your theory that any team can afford him, it doesn't matter where your cap space is. They've got a. They, they might roll out. They've the red probably carpet. got it. They've probably got a few more issues than other teams where they have to make some decisions. They could. They could make room for him. He hasn't been attached to him uh, at all. But it, I think it, that would be a fun fit. I also, you don't see players walk away from guaranteed money. Not that Larry Fitzgerald necessarily needs to make his decisions off of money or not, but when push comes to shove, you get into the offseason, he's still healthy, he's got all of his money guaranteed, he's one of the highest paid receivers in the league, uh, It's great, and he's playing at a very high level. He he seems like someone who would retire if he's now the 18th best receiver in the league or whatever it is, but he's still one of the top guys in terms of receptions every year, so why not keep playing? And Kime talked about him, at to your point, Wes, is recruiting potential quarterbacks and they don't have a single quarterback under contract. They don't need to get one. They need to get two or three. Draft one, get a veteran. Finally, so welcome back, Larry. The football's better with By the way, Alt. it is Ron Wolfley. I've looked it up. He is. Oh, he, Greg was dead on about that. Greg, good Wolf former radar. Former NFL fullback. Your Wolf radar is <laughs> impeccable. Is he, is he part of our top five? I can't calls? confirm anything. Might be. Ron Wolfley, who once said, if it's, you know, listen, if like it's he is. second and one and you need a yard, I'll get you a yard. 
That's if that it's guy. second and two and you need two yards, I'll get you a yard. <laughs> Sua Cravens, the Redskins safety, picked in the second round of the 2016 draft. Uh, he was not on the radar in the NFL last season uh, because he left the team citing uh, some injuries, including ongoing concussion issues, and had been re- uh, reportedly con- contemplating retirement. Well, he wants to come back, and the NFL reinstated Cravens off the reserve left squad list uh, for Washington. However, uh, Greg, that does not mean that he will be back with, back with the Redskins. Quite the contrary, actually. There's some thought around the team that they found a replacement in Monte Nicholson, first of all, and that the damage that Cravens did last year by leaving the team, at least within the locker room, that they just and he openly said he just wasn't sure if his heart was in playing football, whether he wanted to do that anymore, that he would be uh, a guy that they basically looked to trade. And I would think that he would have some trade value. It's a very strange situation. I can't think of many like precedents for it. Their linebacker, Mason Foster, last year at the time said, He's going to have to come back and show what he's made of, show people that his heart's really in it. I don't think anybody's going to welcome him back with open arms. And this, it wasn't an isolated incident. He left his team in college multiple times um, for uh, similar reasons where he, he was kind of emotionally conflicted whether basically he wanted to keep playing the sport. Well, it, it's natural to have doubts and feelings and interest outside of football. And we saw a guy like Keenan Allen in 2013 came out and said, I almost quit. After my first month in the NFL, I, I wanted to be a music producer and I wasn't getting the playing time I deserve. It's one thing to have those feelings. I don't know how wise it is to express them publicly when you worry about a team dynamic in the locker room and football where commitment is a huge issue, commitment to the 53 guys, and putting your body through the kind of punishment and rigors of the game is a big issue for other players. Yeah, and he recently had a Snapchat comment where he basically said, or he did say, he said, I don't feel like I need to explain myself. I don't feel like I have to. I think I need to follow what makes me happy. Now, that's, that's fine as a human being, but I think inside an NFL locker room, when you know you're going to be tested to the total limits... Like all these need- guys are like, program, I'll die on the field right. if I have to. And all that. Tom Brady just said it. I'm willing to die. I'll give up everything. Are you willing to do the same? Like You're not allowed to be a, a nuanced human uh, in not this so league. Much. And he has had concussion. <laughs> yeah. He has had concussion issues. It's a... I, if I was the Redskins, I would welcome him, welcome him back because ultimately are you going to get much in a trade for him? He was a second-round pick that did show talent in his rookie season. He looked like he was going to be a good player. More importantly, Greg, I, Wes, that was news to me that Keenan Allen was interested in pursuing a music production career. How about get Delaware back together, play some gigs, knock off the rust, and then have him executive produce your comeback album? You're speaking of uh, my my freshman year of high school band that played like the talent show. Yeah, it was like your e- your emo acid rock, uh, prog rock band of the late 90s. I feel like it was more, yeah, it was more of a, a mix of the dead milkmen, you know, they might be giants. The, the really pic- dead. The pixies. The- oh, do you know where all the rest of the, the band members are? Could you, could you do the legwork to get everyone back for a, a reunion show? I don't know. Where, I'll well, do I the rest find of the work. Them. I can, a few on Facebook, so a few. I'll reach out to the Chargers. Is, I was on vocals. They might be John. Is that Birdcage in My Heart and yeah, Anna NG? Yeah, kind of like a joke band. Anna Ning. Really. I love. I Jokey actually band. liked. They might be. Giants yeah, so did I. First, yeah. first concert I ever saw in my whole life, as a as a fourteen year old, I believe, was They Might Be Giants. Is Open, this the opener music podcast. Opener. Frank Black. <laughs> it's like Frank <laughs> oh, wow. Black solo album. Early nineties alt rock. Yeah. It's like yeah. The new that They Might Be Giants banger. Um. All right. So, let me know if you can get the band <laughs> back together and see if Keenan. Uh, is interested. All right, that's what's happening in the news. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Ready to start your new business? Make it stand out with Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique turntable. All right, you're starting to fade on this. Uh, yeah, you, want me to, you want me to pull out of this bit with you <laughs> throwing in? Well, this time I wasn't prepared. I think that's true. Website. Showcase your work, pu- blog, or publish content. Even sell Website. products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Yeah, when you say website, that, website. that's what your way of telling me that it's over. So we'll just keep going website. until you say website. <laughs> and it's all optimized. Wait, are you saying website now? Do you want it to end? <laughs> no, I don't know, right? Oh. the white flag. <laughs> 
And it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And I know that's important to you, Wes. Uh, if you do have a question, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. This one's for you, Mark. Destiny is calling. It says you need a new website. <laughs> Make it with Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Head there for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code AROUND. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com, offer code around. All right, here it comes. We've been waiting. What's going on, Greg? You contacting the producer through the glass? What's up? I'm ready for some breaking news. Uh Oh, what do you got? Marty Herney has been reinstated into his role as the interim Panthers general manager. And I thought this was worth bringing up because it's a very strange situation right now that Marty Herney, Marty Herney was being investigated um, for a sexual harassment case. He was an interim general manager. They don't have a general manager right now, and they're still looking for a permanent one. Isn't he expected to be the permanent? He was until all of this came up. There, there was no evidence of a violation. The, the NFL informed the team, uh, and the investigation is now closed. They believe he did not violate the league's personal conduct policy. I just wanted to put it out there because it's February 16th. They don't have a general manager, and he can be the interim guy all they want. It's, it's a strange thing. They gotta, they gotta tighten. And this, they're looking for an owner, thing. which yeah, I mean, is they not did, insignificant. They either. essentially ha- don't have a front office or an ownership structure. Why would anyone want to go there in free agency with that type of unrest? We just saw on the two bills how Bill Belichick. It's hard made to the get a general manager to job. leave the Jets because of, the, of that stuff. I think smart football people know. You want to go somewhere that's stable, and maybe the Panthers end up stable, but right now they are not stable. Chaotic. All right, here we go. The top five calls of 2017. Okay, this was a labor of love, uh, uh, working together throughout the season. If you are a listener of the show, a longtime listener, a weekly listener, you know we play one highlight. Typically, one highlight for each game we go through on Sundays and Mondays, uh, and a couple on Thursday. And uh, if one, sh- you know, Mark strikes our fancy, is that a good way to put it? I think so. It's got to, it's got to, you know, reach the senses. It's got to make you feel something. Then it gets sent down the conveyor belt to Lindsey Fulton behind the glass, and we say, Lindsey, clip that off, put that in the running. And what we ended up with was a good, eh, I'd say, twenty or so. Um, highlights. We had to whittle it down to five. It took. It was an, a process that lasted days and days this week. It's the only thing I did. I just went through the highlights. I listened to every vowel. How Danish they is- hit. No Danish. Water and white bread. Just to stay <laughs> oh. focused. Oh, no. uh, how they hit the, the, their words. One rickety light bulb? Yeah, one rickety <laughs> light bulb. I was in the agony chamber actually doing it. <laughs> uh, to make sure I was right. Uh, Greg came in at the end, swooped in, and said, I like this. I don't like that. I'm Greg. That's me. <laughs> and then at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we had a top we five. We needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, a, little, a lot oh. of them, when it was a, a lot of them, you're excited to listen to them at the time. And then suddenly it's February. Kind of the, the context of week six's Bengals game is a little out the window. And you're just like, oh, that guy was just like mildly raised his voice more than right. normal. Doesn't resonate the same right. way. It right. Doesn't. Right, and you, we find that a lot. Uh, and in these top five, uh, these were the best, though. And uh, we'll start with number five. It comes from the great Mitch Holtus of KCFX. Uh, it was a game between uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Redskins, a 29-20 win. And uh, Harrison Buckner, Buck, Butker lined up for a 43-yard field goal with eight seconds left, looking to give... The Chiefs the win. 2020 tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. <laughs> and the Chiefs take a 23 to 20 lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? <laughs> I like it. I like that one. It's number five. Uh, I thought because I don't know. You can't say butt. Why can't you just say kick some butt? Yeah, well, he did, didn't he? No, yeah, I he said, he, you no, know he, what? I think he set, he set up. We all knew what the punchline was, and he, he, we, we knew. Kick I, some Heine. 
I feel like sure. if we do this year after year, there's going to be some repeat guys. Like Holt, it's going to be He's like the best Holtus. One of the year. I don't know the Titans guy's name by heart, but I feel like he's, he's gonna cold. he's gonna get on it quite a bit. Yeah, Paul Allen uh, is is a. Legend yeah, well, it's about personality more than the situation in many of these. So that was a Monday night Kevin game, Harlan. which Greg watched with uh, me and the Paramore, I believe. That's right. Oh yeah, and the Paramore's Paramore's uh, mom. Paramore's was, mom was, in was the house. Yeah, it's it's nice. sexy. It was a good game. Uh, all right, that's number five. Number four. Oh yeah, you knew he was gonna show up, and some people are gonna say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is Scott Zolak uh, so low on this list? Well, you know, Scott, get used to disappointment because it's starting to pile up for you this month. <laughs> wow. You coming at number I mean, four. It's an honor to be on the list at all. The Patriots roughing up the Dolphins in week 12. And uh, here is a touchdown pass from Tom Brady to the big man at tight end. Second and 13 now for the Patriots. Backed up to the 15. Brady's in the gut. Takes the snap. Bounces to the pocket. And as he throws left. Touchdown. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> in his your second face. of the day. In your face. <laughs> and New England increases its lead. And Brady gets drilled. and gets right up and says, keep bringing it. Please keep blitzing our quarterback. Our quarterback. Bob Soji and Scott Zolak, WBZ. I thought this year, gentlemen, was the, the year when I look back at the play calling of the unhinged color man eschewing all semblance of professionalism in favor of rooting openly for his favorite team. Well, and him especially, and he's like, I will trample over Bob Sochi every single time I speak. I will get my words out there. And we saw him at media night. Zolak is a truly strange Wild energy presence. I mean, he yes. was crazy at media it. night. So a tall man. In your face. That's uh, him. That's him. Twenty four seven. That's it. Like he does. He comes off when you listen to these as like a fan of the Patriots that grew up in Southie or maybe like Western Mass around where Greg's from, and he got to Foxborough uh, at six a.m. for a four p.m. kickoff, <laughs> and then right at like three thirty p.m., a Patriots staffer grabbed him after he put down a quarter keg himself and put him up in the booth. That's Scott Zolak. <laughs> and uh, apparently he's quite popular up there. So people like See why. I, I, I think it speaks to a larger issue, Dan, on, on your statement that it's not only color guys, but writers. I, I don't know. I, like the, the use of we mm. for coming from a writer, I just lose a little bit of respect. Mm. I don't know. I can't take you as seriously. And we've talked about I this. love Tom Brady. <laughs> we've talked about this on the <laughs> podcast before. Mark, you and I grew up around the New York market where even though there are leanings, I'm sure, with these guys, even the color guys, they play pretty straight. But when you listen to these local radio guys, even up in Boston, which is a northeast market, they are all in. Totally different animal. uh, For the home team. Let's move on to number three. Oh, yeah. That's what she said. (laughs) Shut up, Scott. Your time's over. You're number four. You don't even get a bronze, baby. I mean, he has really stretched out those seven career starts into quite a (laughs) (laughs) broadcast. It's so true. All right. This next one, this is a deep cut. uh, And uh, deep cut. it was uh, founded by Mark Sessler, who was waiting for me to pick him up to take him to a bar uh, to watch a uh, mundane Seahawks Cardinals game in week 10. Oh, wow. And uh, you were I think you were listening in on the radio call. Yes. Phone. Something diligently, about, in, diligently in a highly professional. Think manner. about the professionalism involved with this podcast. Some bird dog scouting from you. And uh, <laughs> so with 13 minutes and two seconds to play in the third quarter, we heard this from Ron Wolfie, KTAR, Dave Pash with the play by play call. <laughs> Stanton back to throw with time looking short pass to the left. It is caught inside the 40 by Peterson and he turns up field to the 38, gets the first down inside the 35 down to the 33. First of all, Peterson caught the ball, which is rare because he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but then he stayed in bounds, got 13 yards. How about that? He broke the tackle of Cam Chancellor, by the way. Shook him off like a little winter snow on a sunlit, moonlit evening. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, that was weird right there, wasn't it? Do you think? <laughs> Dave Pash, I love Dave Pash's straight man reaction yep. there. He's like, what? Sunlit and moonlit. Because typically when someone gets lost in the weeds, you're, you kind of, they're, they're on their own in a way. Uh, but sometimes it's so ridiculous yeah. that, and Dave in this case, had to speak as the audience surrogate and be like, what? 
Starts off so promising. It was fine. Shaking it, right. snow if off he had just, paint right. note. If he had just chosen sunlit or moonlit, he would be yeah. fine. Uh, I'm really excited for after the show because uh, I just Googled Ron Wolfley's name that there's a, a newspaper article from the Arizona Republic titled, Here's Why Wolfley Talks That Way During Cardinals Game. So I'm looking forward to that. Why he talks here's, that way. Here's why he talks that way. It's going to explain what, it all. Like Jesse the Body Ventura? I guess so. <laughs> I just got my, my flight arrangements for the Combine, Mark. They're sending me to uh, Atlanta as well. Yeah, we're going to Indianapolis, but let's go to Atlanta first. Oh, we're probably on the same flight. This is the third floor at work again. Oh, they're making their, you know, their, they got all the Squarespace money coming out of their pockets, but they, they got to put us on eight connecting flights to get from A to B. <laughs> at I mean, least they're at work. Delta is the only place that flies direct from LA to Indiana. Well, that's this is a Delta. Delta. This is a Delta flight. Oh. So, on contrary to that idea, how Mary, they've gone roundabout. How many times can we be double crossed in one <laughs> podcast? It's it is it's it's cropping up. <laughs> I got a direct flight. What is this a 1960s cartoon? <laughs> yeah, American. No, it's on Delta. The... Direct flight. All right. I don't. I don't Lindsay goes to Delta. We're getting killed here. Yeah. All right. Foiled again. Congratulations, Lindsay, on your great fortune. Uh, maybe we supposed we make fun of the third floor constantly, and this is their way to get revenge. Now we're into the big time. So Ron Wolfley gets the uh, the bronze, and uh, now it is time for Merrill Reese and Mike Quick of WIP. The Eagles win their first Super Bowl in franchise history, and and I'm happy for Merrill Reese that he got to do this call because it wasn't a perfect Super Bowl for Merrill Reese. The famous Philly special, not quite as famous. <laughs> as the helmet catch mark, but the very famous Philly special, the most famous individual play in Eagles history, as Greg pointed out on our Super Bowl show. Ooh, it has to hurt when you're the play-by-play guy. He got the name wrong. Uh, he said Trey, uh, Trey Burton threw the pass to Nick Foles. He said... Well, he went Zach Ertz. He kept mentioning Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz I think, four or five or six times. So, Reese, bummer. That's a bad one. But vindication came on the final play of Super Bowl 52. Let's listen. We will never forget this. Hopefully with joy in our hearts. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Brady lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone. And it is batted around. And incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Oh my God, as soon as they win, I just busted out ugly crying, and I don't even know what to do with myself right now. This is the best day ever. This ever happens, ever. Uh, there you go. That was, of course, Colleen Wolf, the ATN Media Insider, got that exclusive. Uh, but Merrill Reese and Mike Quick with the call, WIP. Uh, nice. That's a nice. That like me. some of my earliest memories, because football on the radio, I think is can be at times far superior to anything you see on television, and that play d- d- explains exactly why. Because he's tracking the ball, and you're minute by minute, by second by second, wondering if the ball hit the ground or landed in someone's hands. And he did a great job with that. It reminds me of driving around with my dad on Sundays way back, listening to Giants games. And it sounds like it's from the, the 40s or 50s. It's, it takes you to a completely different time, radio football. I'm impressed with ke- guys like Kevin Harlan who go between television and radio. He does Monday nights and does an awesome job on the radio. And it's such a different call and such a different skill set. And he just like goes yeah. between it depending on the day. All right. Good job, guys. Now, that's it. You would think that that call, the first Super Bowl title in Eagles history, a great call uh, by recent quick would get it, but no, there was one better call, and uh, it came from KFAN's Paul Allen and his partner Paul Versich. And it was, yes, the final play of the divisional playoffs, Viking Six. Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, feel, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, 30, no, 10, touchdown! Oh, Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle! Step on Diggs, and the Minnesota Vikings have walked up on the New Orleans Saints. It's a 61. 
most impressive part of it for me is Paul Allen coining the nickname for the play Perfectly. immediately. And it's not the most original nickname, but it is perfect. Nailed it. It will stand the test of time. He said it in real time, seconds after the play ended, and that's what's held up. That's how people know that play, and that's how you get number one for the season. That's stepping up to the moment right there. You're Paul Allen. You met the big moment. You, you basically did the you know, same thing Stefan Diggs did. What if you're driving Gross. around when that happens? You go right off the highway. Oh, I mean, that would be, that would be a dis- really impossible thing to do. If you're a diehard Vikings fan, if you're listening on the radio, you got to pull over before the last play, <laughs> just in terms of safety. I would agree. Tremendous, tremendous work by Paul. And I tried to get Paul on the show, uh, reached out to him, but uh, he's probably still fielding media inquiries. That's my theory. That's why he didn't get back to us. But Good job by you and Greg with only water and white bread to, to come up yeah. with that. I mean, that's the art of broadcasting right there. That's just, that deserves to be number one. And I believe Lindsey Fulton deserves a lot of credit oh, yeah. uh, for oh, yeah. helping to curate the list. So there you go. The top five plays, the winner. He gets the crown this year. Paul Allen uh, with his buddy, Paul Bursich of KFAN. All right. Before we go. Greg's click something. He's out in the outback. He said, I need them clicks. It's almost bonus time. I got a toll that maximum 4% bonus. How do I do it? Maximum <laughs> clicks. I say, is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? So he's been rolling them out the last couple of weeks. Uh, his... Signature pieces leading up to free agency. This one, free franchise tag predictions. Uh, you call it the primer. Another primer in a big spot. Uh, headline, 2018 NFL franchise tag primer, colon, eight most likely candidates. Okay. So let's go through it, Greg. Uh, you start, you break it down into tiers. As we know, we know Greg's work by now. Greg's fingerprints, his DNA. He likes to break things into tiers. And his top tier is the no-brainers. Uh, Le'Veon Bell staying with Pittsburgh and Demarcus Lawrence staying with the Cowboys. No brainers means there's no way they shouldn't do it or no way it doesn't happen. There's no way that those players are hitting free agency with, with Bell, especially I could see a scenario where they do get a contract done before the final day that you can tag a player, which is March 6th. But if they, if they're not able to do it in that, in the meantime, there, there's no way they're not going to tag, tag Bell. That's my belief. And Lawrence. Well, and this time around, Bell said that he would play on the tag. Not, not that he prefers that, but... I thought not, he was going to retire or something. I kind of checked out on the whole the other way saga. That, oh, I thought he said he, that he would play under it. He's changed. <laughs> he has waffled. I will, I he, has, no, but he, he may, very well may have. He has waffled back and forth. It's the second thing I'll look up. I, he I see said, Mark like floating away in the like, ocean. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, Kevin Colbert spoke to Didi Kinkawala this week and... He made it clear. I think they're not – they're going to get this done. They they offered to make him the highest-paid running back in the league by far last year. I just think there's too much uh, – when both sides want to get a deal done, it happens. You know by the way, on NFL.com, we have a story where he says he would play under the franchise. Team. Well, it would be a very high number this year because he played under it last year. Uh, redemption for Sessler? It is massive redemption. <laughs> I, I thought you were floating away like Wilson. Well, it's away. like it, the but worst thing that back. could be happening. Tide's coming it's like, in. It's like I, you, know, you, you state something. Everyone's like, no, that's not true at all. Then you're like, what am I doing here in the building? <laughs> what's, what's striking to me about this list in that category, two players are no-brainers. It's just 2012 that 21 players got the franchise tag. It has changed massively because five years ago, teams were using it against the spirit of the rules. It was always meant to be used as a tool to help you come to a long-term agreement. And a lot of teams were using it just to keep players there without wanting a long-term agreement. And I think that's – I mean, think about why the franchise tag started. Why it's named the franchise tag for a player who's the face of your franchise tag that you're not going to lose him. It's like the NBA has a Larry Bird exception. It's supposed to be for that caliber of player. And the price has gone up significantly due to changes in the CBA. That was one good thing that happened for veterans. So these are high tags. With that said, I think the bigger factor is that teams are just doing a better job re-signing their own players. Because when you look at this list, and, and we'll get into it, like I do think some mid, mid-level mid players are pretty good candidates to get tags and get, get huge And it's money. easier to re-sign your guys when the the salary cap keeps going up, so uh, I guess everybody wins. 
Next category. Say yes. These players are by no. Elliot Smith shout out. How about that? Ooh, Elliot Smith. Look at you. These players are by no means guaranteed to get tagged, but I'm leaning yes that they will. That's exact text uh, from Greg. And you have on this list, amongst others, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and Kyle Fuller. This surprised me. I did not expect to see names like Kyle Fuller and Andrew Norwell and, and I, Sheldon Richardson on here. I could be totally wrong. I'm just, I'm just shooting, shooting my shots here, just guessing. I mean, I asked around a little bit on, on these. I just think it logically, why let Kyle let you, you like Kyle Fuller, for instance, and he, he came out of nowhere, had a great year. West, West I, I do like him a lot. I think I like him more than the Bears like him. The Bears are trying to sign him long term. And I guess my thought is, okay, the Bears have 40 million in cap space. They'll probably open up another 20 to 25 million with cuts. You have 65 million in cap space. Why not give Kyle Fuller $15 million this year if, if he's starting on your team and he makes your team better? You're basically making the choice, we're going to spend less to get worse because you're not going to get better players in free agency than that. And I really, if I'm at these teams, I love that there's no long-term commitment. It's one year. You can easily fit them under the cap. Pay them. I like the idea. Well, I think the cap has changed so much. But to your point that this used to be the face of your franchise, I mean, we've quickly veered into a cast of characters that couldn't be anything. They're nothing close to that. Well, Alan Robinson, I think one of the more you but know, Sammy Watkins, highly talented Face of the franchise, though? Those guys, that's sort of like the Eagles blueprint with Alshon Jeffrey. Give me a year. We're going to go try to win a championship. And then we'll worry about next year after. They gave up a second round pick and a veteran to get Sammy Watkins. I I actually think if I was the Rams, I would rather tag LaMarcus Joyner. But I think they feel like they've invested so much in Sammy Watkins, even though it's $16 million, which seems crazy for a guy that only had 593 yards. It's like you made that trade. I think they want to make it work with Sammy. You're next here. This is is saucy because the click hunter now is digging in. He says these are big names that he doesn't think are going to be tagged. That means they're going to go into the UFA pile. Hopefully. The Clay Hunter strikes again. <laughs> Jarvis Landry. That's not pejorative, by the way. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm insulting you, Greg, it's, just to be clear. It's reminiscent of the Mind Hunter, that great uh, serial killer show on, on Netflix. I watched the pilot, couldn't get into it. Oh, I loved it. Hmm. Um, you just These are stories that do well historically, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think some of them not particularly. I, the thing that's nice is I don't think any Dialogue. of us pay any attention to how our articles do anymore, which overall is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jarvis Landry, the Dolphins, the guy has like 130 catches a year, uh, but that doesn't always mean you're a real star. Case Keenum of the Vikes. Uh, we know all about Case. And then Jimmy Graham. We just talked about him actually on our a free agency, a free agency primer video show, which you could check out on YouTube on the official NFL channel, and also if you like to stay more NFL.com located, NFL.com slash ATN video, uh, where you could find our primer. It's a 15 minute breakdown of the the market as it stands. Greg might take you that long to find it too. So why aren't these players being tagged? YouTube, Let's start with Jarvis Landry. In your opinion, I don't think the Dolphins have ever shown that they really valued Jarvis Landry. So this is just a guess. He is not the type of player that usually gets to free agency because he's productive. He's young. He's obviously good, but they don't seem like they really are that into Jarvis Landry. It's my yeah. gut feel. They already... like him and Adam Gase aren't completely on the same page. What if, uh, well, it doesn't, I don't know if it makes sense on their roster, but uh, if you really want to keep Odell Beckham around in New York, why don't you get his best friend up there in the Meadowlands? Those guys literally love each other. I think. God, the media coverage would be insufferable. I feel like, yeah, he's a little duplicative with Sterling Shepard. Otherwise, yeah, I kind of like that. Anyway, and Jimmy Graham, uh, that makes sense to me, too. That's the second Seahawk, though, so they'd have to pick between these two. Yeah, and they might or not, neither. They or, might yeah, not or go neither. neither. I Richardson was one where some of the writing and some of the people out there, they believed, kind of like Sammy Watkins, that the Seahawks gave up a lot for Sheldon Richardson, and they almost don't want to make that trade be such a waste and they they seem a little higher on how he performed uh than than his normal stats show the one yeah, how about make a play sheldon Richardson? right 
the one he, thing about he hasn't played his best really since 2014. That's a little that's a little time now for it's a, a long time player. in the NFL with Case Keenum. Because let's say uh, a lot of people are pairing the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Now we don't know where the Vikings are on that, but if you're going to make a play for Cousins publicly, and then you also have to turn around and either try to sign or franchise tag Case Keenum after the season he just gave you. Uh, remember when Mark Sanchez got that makeup deal? When were they pursuing Peyton Manning? Yes, yes. And, and they the gave Sanchez apology. That, yeah, it was a ridiculous contract that even Jets fans thought was absurd. Uh, I think Dan even got in trouble for uh, you know angling it let's, that way in his, his write up. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you're, you have to play this game with Case Keenum, who just gave you this like breakout year, and it could be that it's could be kind of rough. Business. It's a tough situation. I, Not I would have to you have Bridgewater, to make, and you would have to make the decision by March sixth. I don't see how that makes any sense if you're if you're legitimately going to go after Kirk Cousins. And also, I think there's a great risk. If you give Keenum any tag, he's going to sign that thing right away and lock himself in for more than $20 million. If you don't pay Case Keenum, who's giving him $20 million a year? I, I don't see like any other franchise saying, oh, yeah, I need to go get my hands on Case Keenum at $20 million. Assuming he doesn't get tagged. This is a little teaser. By the way, nobody wanted him for a one-year $2 million deal with. Right. Things have changed, but, yeah, that, that is very true. 15, uh, a little over under uh, teaser, go get my lunch. Not really throwing it out this for sandwiches, but if Case Keenum hits the market, over under guaranteed money, $15.5 million. I go, I'm going to go over. Gets like a two-year deal. If Glennon got 18 guaranteed, I feel like Keenum will get, get over 15. He's sort of this year's Ryan Fitzpatrick. After the Jets didn't want to pay Fitzpatrick, but I I feel like he's got a little more shine on him, and the salary cap's higher, so I'll go over and younger, and he's and had a better year. You know, he, there are there is a way you can kind of convince yourself into Keenum that hey, he's a relatively young player who I mean, is coming into Fitzpatrick his own. set the Jets franchise record for touchdowns that year. Yeah. It's got to be over because the quarterback up, money is insane right now. Fitzpatrick too. ended up getting twelve million guaranteed. Yeah, I think Lennon's the money's get eighteen before he gets the money's cut. bigger now than it was a couple years ago. All right, and uh, Greg, as as we noted, Drew Brees, not even a real discussion here. Drew Brees and Nate Solder both had clauses in their contract that say they can't be tagged. Good job by their agents. Smart. What contract do you give Drew Brees though at age thirty nine? I think it's really tricky. I, 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 people just assume he's going to just like bow down and sign some team well, cause friendly he said, deal. Because he, he said he, he's staying in. Well, that's easy for him to say. You can play good cop, bad cop with, with your agent being the bad cop. And his agent, Tom Condon, is pretty much made a career out of sucking teams dry and getting the maximum Asian amount shots, of okay. quarterback money possible. Matthew Stafford, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and it's very rarely – Easy. Could you ever see like a weird team like the Jets swooping in and getting Breeze for three years? Anything like that? I mean, he didn't show signs of decline last year, I didn't think. They are three years away, and he'll be like 45 years old. I don't know. I could just see one team doing like a two year patch with him. I could. Oh, what about the Cardinals? Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I I don't think. He's not going anywhere. He's probably not, but. I could be so off with this, but I do think there will be some reports at some point that says. This team is interested in Drew Brees, and he's kind of interested. And it never happens. He ends up sta- right. he ends up using that to stay with the Saints. But I do think I do think that could happen. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald has made a phone call to Drew. Right, Brees, exactly. Trying to woo him to the desert. I don't, like, Wes. I, I don't. Could, I don't think it's going to happen either. But, I could yeah. see that headline. Definitely, I agree. I could see Larry Fitzgerald called Drew Brees, and there's. <laughs> I could see all of that. Mark's going to write it when when it comes down to it. He's going to be back in New Orleans. Um, okay, there you go. Check it out. NFL.com slash Rosenthal. Hunt them clicks. Hunt them down. What's up, Mark? Uh, it's, it's a very in-house. Something, Mark does something, celebrate it. No, my Super Bowl expenses Super Bowl. just got approved after like 45 you know, iterations on email. I <laughs> don't even know if that internal. should be on, announced on the it's podcast. Been, it's been a big internal show anyway. For many of us. Yeah. Um, I'm still dealing with that. This is another the issue. I peek behind the curtain. Curtain podcast. Yeah, sometimes you know it's not as exciting as you would think it would be to, get <laughs> a, to open up the kimono. This was an effort. Um, all right, uh, we will be back on Tuesday. A little different week because of uh, it's President's Day, where we celebrate the past presidents. Um, and we will be back Tuesday, and then we'll have another show Thursday, and then a show Friday. So still three shows next week, but no show Tuesday. But you're all going to tweet us anyway, saying where's the show on Monday. So why do I even tell you this? Uh, love you guys. <laughs> Uh, and then the week after that, we are going 
to the Combine. And we'll be doing two shows from there covering all the press conferences for the coaches and GM. So it's a fun time of year, uh, and we're all looking forward to it. Just, uh, I just found out that uh, we're going to have some multiple wrestlings in, in Indianapolis for the oh, Combine. The Driving over from Cincinnati. Trouble. Trouble rolling in over the border. It was trouble last time. Over the city <laughs> limits. Um, all right, great news. All right, we will be back next week. So thank you. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. Mailman. Go boss, Lindsey Bolton. Behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.